Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the What Do You Dream podcast. I'm Nick with Christy. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Brigitte Holzinger, PhD, born in Vienna, Austria. She is a psychologist, psychotherapist for Integrative Gestalt, supervisor, clinical and health psychologist, sleep and dream researcher, university teacher and writer. And this only scratches the surface of Dr. Holzinger's tenure. She has not only been a pivotal influence to the Austrian psychological and sleep research scene, but has had a wider impact to the international community, in particular her expertise in sleep, dreams, and lucid dream therapy and research. Dr. Holzinger, thank you so much for coming onto our show. You are way too professional <laughs> to be here with us. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's great fun and I'm very excited to uh, find out what you're going to ask me. Ooh, and I think that leads straight into it, Christy. Yeah, I'm just going to go straight into it with the first question. So it, describe to our listeners exactly what lucid dreaming is. Right. Um, <clears throat> um, I wish there would be an easy answer, but uh, if I'm asked... <laughs> Please describe what a lucid dream is to somebody who hasn't had a lucid dream. I usually say, just imagine that you wake up into your dream and that you then uh, can, because of that, make decisions for what is happening next or what is what you're going to do next. Uh, so um, on a more professional um Note, you could say that you uh, in the stage of primary processes, which dreams could be, meaning um, more picture-driven and more emotion-driven, um, you enter the secondary uh, consciousness or the um, abilities, uh, and I will explain in a minute what that is, Directly, secondary processes would be um, our reflective abilities, like <clears throat> that we can make decisions, that we can uh, ask ourselves, where am I? That we can uh, uh, remember and that we will know that we will remember uh, and so forth. But the most important feature of the secondary processes is the um, clarity of who is dreaming, namely, I am dreaming, the ego is dreaming. So the ego kind of emerges. There's a theory that the ego emerges with the secondary processes. These primary and secondary processes go back to Sigmund Freud on the one hand, and has been picked up in the consciousness research by Gerald Edelman, which is also a while ago already, I think around 1993. Um, and I think it's a very interesting uh, and revealing way of thinking about not only the development of consciousness of a child, but also of uh, what happens in our dreams. And of course, it's a model, so it sh should be discussed and it should be talked about. Usually the definition would be a lucid dream is a dream in which you uh, notice that you're dreaming and that therefore you can make decisions. Uh, it's it's interesting because it's that like, um, 
I, I guess it kind of goes back to your main discipline of gestalt therapy. It's very humanistic approach, so that would really go hand in hand really well with lucid dreaming, because essentially it's that element of giving, empowering the person to make decisions for themselves, right? So that's like... Absolutely that, and also, and thank you for mentioning gestalt therapy and that it is a humanistic approach. Um, it also... and. The, the, the notion of empowerment is very important and the, mo mm. the notion of um, taking, being able to take responsibility in a good way. Yeah, It doesn't mean that it's uh, um, tiring or something you don't want to do, but taking a responsibility for, say, your nightmare or what is going on in your dream gives you the abilities for making a decision, acting, um, and for freeing yourself at the end. Mm. And that element of free freeing yourself feels like one part of a multitude of benefits. Would you be able to go through like what the benefits would be for someone who would like to undertake uh, lucid dream therapy? Uh, freeing yourself or liberating yourself. Yeah. And um, there is... Uh, it's a bit of a twofold uh, issue that we're talking about now because I don't want to um, overly recommend the lucid dreaming or you say lucid dreaming therapy because uh, some people are getting too enthusiastic, even fanatic about lucid dreaming. And that I think can be harmful in a way as well. Meaning you lose might lose contact to the real life which, of course, the dreams are the real life as well, but still, you know, we are <clears throat> walking on Earth and have a, pursuing our everyday life. And it's, of course, very important to not lose the perspective that the dreams and the lucid dreams are supposed to make our lives better, rather than we have to become the best lucid dreamer in the world. Hmm. It's it's like with um a lot of things, like if you want to exercise, yeah, that's fine. But if you only want to exercise and only do exercising, then you're never going to gain anything. Thank you. Exactly right. It's with everything. It is about uh, the, um, the right approach to uh, whatever you do. And then including lucid dreaming, of course. Mm. But lucid dreaming has, to me, a great potential for self-development or for development per se. Uh, and um, including overcoming, I don't know, some psychological hang-ups, if you wish. Mm -hmm. we, we say we can, uh, in Gestalt therapy, we, we, it's, it's easier to close a Gestalt right then and there when it comes up, namely in, in a dream, uh, uh, which, of course, you could also do in the waking life. And uh, But in a dream, it seems to be more direct because of the primary consciousness we are more emotionally involved most most of the time so uh you feel the effect that you might feel the effect uh, more directly if you wish but uh also and i have to kind of go into that a little bit as well i uh, uh sometimes uh look at dreams as a sort of an and built-in uh, psychotherapy that we do with ourselves every night. 
in the sense that we are um, integrating the perceptions, what we have seen, heard, etc., cetera, uh, during the day or days before. We are thinking about or talking about things that are important to us, that puzzle us, uh, that we want to develop further. And of course, that uh, wishes or intentions or thoughts linger from the waking life through the sleeping life and are being processed also when we dream but a little in a different way than in the in the in the waking state meaning more in the primary processes way meaning more emotionally maybe maybe a little bit more creative so just from that thought i think it becomes clear that if you then uh, gain um the ability of making decisions, having the choice of what to do next in a dream liberates you. Because usually the dream evolves as you expect it. And I'm, that's, an, that's a big sentence in itself, really. Yeah, Maybe we can yeah. talk about that too. But uh, now you have, in addition to this evolving, moving pictures, you could look at dreams like that as well. The ability of being the author and the director at the same time of this inner moving pictures. And if the uh, picture or express on what's going on within ourselves, we can, I think, imagine how that could be very liberating if you do and if you make the right choices. Mm. That's, it, it's really interesting. It's that, that whole element of it's like, empowerment really it's empowerment agency it's all stuff that um we all get touted through every single day right like but no one really gets to practice it and uh we've discussed on the show that dreams are and it sounds very similar it's that element of our brain being able to practice stuff and just constantly just practice through scenarios maybe rehearse information just go through that and that that extra element you're adding with that primary process where it's that more emotional aspect of it that actually makes more sense because you're not hung up with the waking brain yeah. of like, oh, I need to suppress this. I need to suppress that. And, and well, I've got this outside here that's going to stop me from expressing how I would feel in this situation. But then like, say like um, if you're <laughs> angry with a coworker, then you have a dream at yelling about the coworker, you know, it's like I had those emotions <laughs> and maybe I was yelling at Christy. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. It's interesting because uh, um, we started this podcast because Nick and I found we dream quite a lot. And we were asking friends, you know, how often do you tend to dream? And they would say, oh, maybe once a week or once, you know, every two weeks. But we were finding we were dreaming three, four times a week. And through doing this podcast, we realized a lot of what we're doing, you know, in our real life are sort of entering into our dreams and we're sort of working through problems that we have in our dreams and we i it didn't really click as to this was happening until we started talking about you know our dreams and i have learned so much since starting this podcast i mean it was just a bit of fun but we're both learning quite a lot and I had never known what a lucid dream was until we did start this podcast and I, cause I've never experienced one. So how common is lucid dreaming? 
Um, <clears throat> thank you for saying this, Christy. And there's uh, already something in what you said that I would uh, uh, say something to uh, it. And that is the beauty of dreams is that they react to if we give them, if we, if we, if we, if we pay any attention to them, they react to that. So when you said that you would prepare the podcast and that you would uh, notice your dreams or remember your dreams better, that's how it is. Well, if when you start paying attention to your dreams, they will reward you by uh, entering your memory and making yeah. something clear, yeah. like uh, that they do, as you said, uh, deal with what you have experienced during the day or what you think about during the day and so forth. And uh, in sleep and dream research, we say that uh, it's uh, we, we dream every night. It's just how much, do, how ma many dreams do you remember? So mm. it's really more like you're mm. um, helping your memory a little bit when you pay attention to your dreams. And that might be very interesting. I'm trying to prove that it may jog our memory per se. That would be nice to see if that's true. So that, you know, when you get older and you still pay attention to your dreams, you may, you may even write them down. Like, uh, use an app, and, uh, you know, I guess I can I mention uh, the app that we have, the Dream Sense Memory app, where you keep a dream diary, so to say. Remember your dream regularly. Uh, you, you might uh, do something good for, for your memory per se. We hope that that's true and we hope that, that we will be able to show this eventually. That's so interesting. Like, um, this, so there's that possibility that it could improve like your neuroplasticity and your memory as well. That's so fast. That's great. So I'm just reacting right now. This is, <laughs> that's so cool. Like, I, I guess I don't give our brain enough got enough credit you know you just take it for granted you take dreaming for granted yeah. but it's like there's that it's almost that biological function it's like why do you want to practice this well to remember where how to live and how to get better it's yeah sorry that, that i just gushing I'll, I'll bring it down <laughs> <laughs> well that that's how we see it and we don't know if it's if as so we, we of course we this is based on, on uh, the, the research that has been going mm. on for three, over three decades. Uh, and uh, there is something to it. It's not just our notion. I think we, we, will, we will be able to prove some of what we just said earlier, eventually. Fingers crossed. <laughs> to your question, Christy, you asked actually how many people uh, have lucid dreams. And yeah. from our epidemiological mm -hmm. research, it's about a quarter of the population, say in Austria, Germany, and the United States, who event, who every now and then experience in a dream that they are able to make a decision or that, you, that they noticed, ah, this mm -hmm. is a dream. But most of them don't uh, take it further into lucidity, into that feeling of this fantastic, immense freedom. Sometimes I think... Uh, this is uh, for some people a little bit too much. This needs to be getting acquainted to as well. You know, one would think this is the, the best. Feeling happy and feeling free is the best feeling and it shouldn't take any effort, but it seems some people have to um, uh, just get used to that and open themselves up to freedom and happiness. Uh, but that's, you know, what, what lucidity holds for us. And of course, I also am very happy that we can mention here that uh, we have 
been part of international efforts for sleep and dream behavior <clears throat> under the pandemic. And there's there several publications out for that first stage, and we're working on the second stage. Uh, if you feel like fill, uh, filling out a questionnaire, that would be great. It's on the website, uh, www.traum.ac.at and www.schlafcoaching.org. And for the second round, and that's why I mentioned it, I was able to convince my sleep researcher colleagues that we need more questions about dreams and lucid dreams. And for the first time, we will have actually data about several countries, several continents, and how many people actually have lucid dreams in a standardized population oh that'd be so interesting to find out especially like what the cult what the culture because like it would be so interesting to see if it's a if it's like a common human element or how much culture plays in it mm. you know an age and what have you that's gonna that ah oh, sorry i'm not kidding <laughs> i love this stuff generalizable to the whole population and we can ah, inferences on it <laughs> i know i know it's exciting yeah <laughs> <laughs> to me too because it's always been puzzling well actually how many people have lucid dreams and i have a hunch that uh, the number of people has grown and it's particularly become quite popular amongst the younger people and I'm so happy about this because I must say, uh, looking at the world and the climate and everything, the younger generation is our hope. Mm, that's, I, I gotta say, there's something, there's a really common theme so far from just our discussion with lucid dreaming and that strong positivity and that inclination to happiness and being better. And I think that's really, that's, it's really inspiring i i wasn't expecting to be inspired i was expecting to be informed not inspired but both i'm really happy about that but yeah it's it's it is and i'm feeling actually more positives talking to you about this right now just in a general uplifting element to this and i think that being able to um try and i guess everyone wants to be happy right and how would we want to be is there like something we can do to do better at get into lucid dreaming you mentioned a sleep journal and the uh dream sense app that you were was it dream sense memory or dream sense dream sense memory dream, dream sense, sense memory app yeah so is that so like any anything else that people can do to kind of um get into lucid dreaming i think i what i usually do is i recommend hearing a podcast so like you just said it, the, the most important uh path there, I think, is to find a way how you kind of uh, imagine uh, vividly how that could be, why you want to do that. And this could be by listening to a podcast, this could be by reading a book that is uh, actually uh, describing real lucid dreams or participating in a group of people who um, have lucid dreams and to discuss this in an open and free way. Because there are some groups where you have this competition already. Oh, I have the better lucid dreams. Oh, I have more lucid dreams. You know, and that's, that may not be the best way to uh, uh, approach lucid dreaming. But if you, so to, so to say, share from the heart uh, what you experience in a lucid dream, I think somehow that transmits 
and uh, it's a little contagious to others, <laughs> if you wish. No, I, yeah, that's it's so funnily enough. I actually had a period of um, in my, I'd say late teens, early twenties, where it was that element of my group of my friends. We were really interested in it because we watched a movie about it, where it was it was more of like a someone it, the premise of the movie i forget the name but essentially someone who's too into lucid dreaming and can't decipher reality from the dream so it's this person was trying to actually go back to your theme of the negative elements of lucid dreaming using it as an escapist tool rather than an empowerment tool um and we were like oh i wonder what it would be like to lucid dream just as like because you know when you're young you want to experiment and be silly with stuff and see where it goes, which goes again, goes back to what you said with how the younger generations seem to be doing this a bit more. And, um, and we really, and it was that social contagion. Cause we were all like, what, did, what happened? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Share, share, share. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 And then eventually it could have happened so that, uh, some of you have lucid dreams because I think, sort of diving into the topic, imagining, imagining it vividly uh, <clears throat> during the waking state uh, opens the gates for the possibility to have those experiences when you are sleeping. And that's lucid dreaming. Hmm. So interesting. Reading it, about it, thinking yeah. about it, asking the question, well, do I really want to have this or what is was maybe against it? Because as I said, it sounds easy that well, everybody wants to be happy, but... Uh, I think, um, yes, uh, yes, but there's always some obstacles in the way, psychologically, I think, as well. Not always, but often. Yeah, because you, um, you mentioned nightmares earlier, and this actually really got me interested, because for as long as I can remember, I've had two recurring dreams, and they just have to be nightmares, don't they? <laughs> and I, I've had them for, like I said, since... I was a teenager and now I'm in, I'm almost 30 soon. So it's, it would be so great to be able to decide what I'm about to do in this nightmare because in these nightmares, I'm just, I'm terrified and I don't have the choice to run away from whatever's chasing me or about to haunt me in my dreams. So I, f I found that very interesting. And is how can, how can lucid dreaming help with, uh, dealing with nightmares. What we found out when we uh, when we tried to prove that lucid dreaming could be very helpful for overcoming nightmares, um, we were very surprised that the group, the so-called patient group, and it wasn't actually patients, it was just general population at the time, um, who suffered from nightmares two to three times or the three to four times per week and would avoid sleeping because of that. Now, this was already 2002, it's a long time ago, actually. Because uh, you, you, you were quite young then, or still. Uh, and um, <laughs> um, when we taught lucid dreaming to these people, they um, reacted in that way. And uh, I will tell you in a minute how we taught it. Uh, that they were so relieved that they could actually do something when the nightmare happens again at night mm -hmm. in their bed when they sleep that they started uh, to be more comfortable sleeping again and that was one of the biggest gains of of that of that study and and of this uh uh <clears throat> 
results, if you wish, that uh, people were mm -hmm. able to sleep again. And of course, sleep is healing per se, is restoring us, rejuvenating us psychologically, yep. Uh, yep. physically and mentally. And uh, that was the biggest result in measured in the so-called PSQI, the, the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index, that before <clears throat> we started our training and ten, but it, took, it took 10 weeks and after at the end of the training, uh, the, the people have changed from everybody being sleep, with a sleep disorder to no sleep disorders at the end. And that was, I mean, mind-boggling. That actually led <clears throat> uh, the, gave us the courage to, to develop something which we call sleep coaching. We can talk about this later as well. A non-pharmacological approach for treating sleep disorders including what now is being called a nightmare disorder because in 2002 that term didn't exist yet <laughs> but still people were there who would suffer from the nightmares and who would uh, avoid sleeping so i think <clears throat> there are many uh, advantages and many reasons why lucid dreaming is fantastic for nightmares but that's probably the most important that uh, you have something that you can help yourself with when you experience the nightmare again in your own bed when you sleep. I love that. I mean, I mean, again, but it's going back to creating that positivity around lucid dreaming. I mean, you've been able to, these people who were so afraid of going to sleep at night, and I can understand because I hate having these dreams to being able to being comfortable to going to back to sleep again i mean that i find that just that's amazing yeah it was i mean it was but it was amazing yeah you're right and it was wonderful and, and then i said i, I uh, tell it talk a little, a little bit about how i taught the lucid dreaming i think you know because there were other studies before our study or around the time that weren't that successful with the lucid dreaming as the nightmare treatment but I think ours has there's several reasons why it was uh, successful. And I think the main reason was, <clears throat> and it wasn't really done intentionally, it just happened so, that um, the so-called control group was a, a dream group based on Gestalt therapy. And somebody else uh, was um, the therapist there so that we wouldn't have a conflict because I myself taught the lucid dreaming uh, training, as we called it, to the other group, which in addition to the Gestalt dream group, actually also was trained in lucid dreaming. The Gestalt dream group took an hour and a half and the training took an, uh, an hour once a week. Was that with that Gestalt group, the people had uh, an implicit understanding or the or the grew or the developed an implicit understanding on what dreams are, what you could do with your dream, why you dream, uh, what they might be telling you, why, why they why they are there, and so forth. So there was an implicit framework of dream work, dream research that was given to the participants. And I think that is quite helpful if you want to deal with your nightmares as well with lucid dreaming. And that may have been the main reason why our uh, results were quite good, or that were so good actually, 
as <clears throat> compared to the results of the other researchers who just did the lucid dreaming training and no implicit knowledge about um, the dream work per se or the dream therapy per se. Mm. Well, that makes sense because if um, you just focus on one element, it, things are more than just one aspect. It's very nuanced. And if you don't have the tools at the time... And just really... somebody might ask oneself, well, maybe it was the Gestalt group that was the, the effective and not the lucid dreaming training. So uh, the results showed that both was effective, but that the, the group with the lucid dreaming training <clears throat> was uh, much more effective and in a faster way and also in a, we say, nachhaltig in German, meaning uh, at the, uh, we had a follow-up three months later as well. The ones who were trained lucid in lucid dreaming training, they could keep up their great sleep and the lower number of nightmares, whereas with the Gestalt group, uh, they, they weren't able to keep up that way. Yeah, because with the lucid dreaming, you know, you have, you, there's something you can always do again, you can help yourself with. Yeah, and I guess you get, and I guess we're sleeping every night, so of course we're going to have more opportunities to practice, and practice makes Absolutely. perfect. I mean, was it 10,000 10, 10, hours to be an expert? <laughs> I'm, I've already done more than that in sleep. <laughs> oh, it, it's 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 really interesting because uh, being in a modern world, it's like a twenty-four hour global world. Sleep is actually be almost become like a. a a rare commodity and i guess it's becoming more of a problem with the, that 24-hour economy because I, re I remember quickly reading over um working with austrian night workers on was it the trains it was very interesting about how much because it's it's something that you don't it's it's like your health you don't realize it's bad until you have it bad and if you don't have a good night's sleep you treasure the next moment you have a good night's sleep i mean i i can speak for myself because like i've had some issues with uh, sleep over like especially like with some bad times in my life and you know when you're really bad there's nothing worse than you go to bed and you're like I really want to have a sleep and then you just can't sleep but I guess it's it's that those tools I guess it's not just not just in lucid dreaming I guess but I guess it's just that um, I find it really especially with the uh, gestalt therapy because in Australia we don't we don't have that we're not very uh we're we're very similar to a uk uk us type of therapy and stuff like that and it's more like let's treat it with drugs maybe do some mm -hmm. cbt it's more like they're looking for symptoms to treat rather than taking on the face value so it's that like i guess yeah i i don't know i'm just going on a tangent but yeah that was just where no, i, was I going. agree because here we're very much like let's just fix the problem as quickly as we can there's no actually thought that goes into well why is this happening yeah yeah so it uh um how should i say this but you know there's also people in in the you in the uk and in the united states who do gestalt therapy and it actually has been developed uh in new york and um California, mm. uh, but it's really spread uh, in <clears throat> more in Germany and in Austria. And it is in Austria, it's it's one of several uh, acknowledged methods of psychotherapy. And in in Germany, they're working on that. So yeah, a quick fix. Uh, 
that uh, is being uh, uh, aimed for sometimes is uh, not as helpful as one would think on the long yeah. run. It's like with anything in life, it, it, you got to put in the time to get the best results. Mm -hmm. And I guess that goes, that leads back into lucid dreaming. If you want to be have good, have a good interaction with it, you got to put in the time for those results. And I imagine you yourself have uh, put in a lot of time and had a lot of dreams. What is the crazy? Have you had like a really fun or crazy dream, lucid dream that you can remember? And like, would you would you be comfortable with sharing with us now? Um. Well, it is probably a standard dream uh, that uh, many people experience when they start having lucid dreams. And I haven't had lucid dreams spontaneously as a child because uh, some people do. Uh, I, I also had to train for it and learn it. And that was when I did my dissertation when I was around what, 26 or so, 25, 27, around that time. Um, one of my first lucid dreams was uh, that uh, I am standing on a hill and I um, somehow notice after reading Paul Tolle and Stephen Laberge that, ah, I'm dreaming. What am I going to do? Oh, I always wanted to find out how it would be to fly, of, of, course. of course. So I start running down the hill, you know, so that I get some... Uh, uh, momentum going and uh, uh, as I do I kind of uh, jump up so that I could start flying and um, I find myself after that after a few meters we think in meters up all of a sudden uh, on top of me is a net of all these uh, wires electrical wires and other wires and I can't get up. I can't go into the flying mode really. Yeah. And so I land again and uh, I think oh, that's uh -huh. okay. Well, I need to try another time. And I start running again, downhill. I jump up again. And now <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, I am a little higher up, but I perceive at the same time, the heads of the people uh, below me that I could maybe hit and hurt by uh, doing something <laughs> with my feet. And so boom, I'm again, I'm on the ground. And I thought, well, we say you know, in German, we say uh, all good things are three times or something like that. Um, so I run again and I hop up again and then I uh, was able to uh, fly freely up into the sky <laughs> without any obstacles, so, you know. So that's what I mean. You, but depending on who you are, you, you will experience some uh, obstacles that you know you need to deal with, and that's probably a good thing until that is, you that okay. is so cool. until you reach the freedom that you wanted or the the, the, the pleasure, the joy which you can have in, yeah, in your yeah. lucid dream. Yeah. That, that is, I love, I love that dream. I, you really, um, you told that story dream. really well. It was really so well, it, like iterative. It was like, oh yeah. And then I went up, it's like, yeah, okay. And the why is it like, whoa, okay. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, it, and I guess it's that microcosm of, um, of, like you were saying, uh, adversity, you know, we want to always, like, hu I guess uh, human beings are, in, in a way, we're 
we're the product of adversity, right? Like if everything was easy, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be where we are, right? We wouldn't be able to talk to you over in Vienna. Like, cause someone's like, I want to talk to someone on, on video. So let's, let's work out a way to do this. And uh, I guess lucid dreaming is that a bit fantastic personal, personal development tool. You know what I mean? Like you have to do things. You have, of course, to do, uh, to, to make an effort in the wake, waking state as well. Oh, yeah? Of course. So, just not uh, it's just a fantastic addition and why do we not use it yeah sleep per se and sleep research per se i mean i know it's much bigger in australia than it is in austria and germany but there is so much in sleep research still waiting mm. for us to be found out and it's unclear why there's not more funding for it so we can find those things out uh, as as you said well, and as long as you don't have a sleep problem, you don't pay attention to sleep because, you know, this is a given and we do it anyways. Uh, and, uh, uh, but the, the, to, to, know, to know more about how sleep comes about and why sleep and how sleep restores us as a human being or as an animal as well, you know, uh, mm. uh, as a holistic entity, uh, I mean, that alone would be I don't know, give us lots of uh, keys on how to restore and how to maybe live better and live longer and in a better and healthier way. Yeah, and it's so so true what you're saying. There's not enough, like, time, effort, resources into sleeping because it's one thing every single person does. And I guess it's that it's our preoccupation with the waking stuff, you know? We're all worried about... um, what am I going to do to get to work? What am I going to do about my heart, my food? What am I eating now? But like we spend so much of our time sleeping. Why not put a third of our current resources? Because like it's a third of our time asleep. We need it for yeah. brain development. We need it for muscle development. Like ha- like how many things say get a good night's sleep? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know what? I think um, on that note, I think it. I think we, this is a good time to. I think we'll wrap it up. I think we were going to do a dream, but you pres- you presented us such a delightful lucid yeah. dream experience that I don't want to share my dream because. No, don't be sorry. You're the, no. you're the star here, and that was a great dream. Like that was really awesome. It's really funny because I just thought when I told this dream now, I'm, it is so amazing with the lucid dreams, you remember them and you remember them your whole life because, you know, this dream is quite a, lot, quite a while ago. And I think I've told it to people, but I've never, never mentioned it or written about it. And uh, so, um, it, but it's, it's showing you how to, what happens when you start lucid dreaming and it's kind of demonstrating, I think, also how to, what I meant by obstacles that you need to overcome into your own freedom and uh, yeah, brightness and uh, yeah. Just you mentioned talking about sharing with people. You because when people think about lucid dreaming, they think it's a very um, single uh, individual thing. But I can't think every single time I have had a good dream and maybe possibly a lucid dream that I wasn't aware of, it ends up becoming a communal thing because it's like, Hey, I had this really funny dream. Let's talk about this. And you start sharing and it's so, it's so fun. And like, I mean, again, we're doing this podcast cause we like to share dreams and be- have a communal yeah. experience of it. And I guess it's just that element that, you know, 
life can be so hard and if you can get a bit of relief through your dreams why not grab absolutely. it absolutely and, and Nick, you have a great point there this is how i see it as well uh from i, I as i mentioned earlier we, we i run dream groups and my colleagues do and when you do this you notice actually it's yeah you're producing the dream so to say you are by yourself at night but uh, when you talk about dreams, you notice that it's more like we say in Gestalt, a field um, movement even, because people usually can relate to the dream you had, as you related to mine, and I'm sorry that I didn't hear yours, but we relate to each other's dreams, and we have similar experiences, and somehow this may, I don't know, I don't want to be too esoteric now, but... Uh, Remember, Ziggy Jung talked about the collective unconscious. I mean, he wasn't a gestalt therapist, but uh, still there are some interesting thoughts there. And sometimes I mm. think, well, maybe we tap when we dream into something collective. Maybe that's not so untrue what he said back then. And natural, to, so to say, like, because that's, that's important to me too. I don't really have the answer yet, but I somehow think to be in touch with your dreams may enhance your ability to be in touch with nature and more responsible with the climate, so to say. So maybe that's a wish uh, on my part, but um, maybe maybe it would help. Look, if we do, if we don't dream, we never achieve anything, right? Like, oh wow! Actually, I just made that up. I was just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit... <laughs> We're, in Australia, we um, have a phrase called uh, a dag, which is someone who's a, a joker, a bit of si- silly. So I'm, I describe myself that way. I'm very, I can be a oh, bit of a... That's that's <laughs> well, uh, for our listeners, uh, would you be, uh, would you like to share everything that you would like, uh, you know, mention your app, the websites, everything like that? Um, let, let the listeners know and we'll share it wherever mm-hmm. we can. Yeah, thank you. I mean, if you would mention the app and the websites, that would already be fine. Maybe the or the online courses and books, uh, purchase uh, to dream, purchase to sleep is uh, that my my uh, e- easier to be read book uh, that uh, was published in two thousand seven in uh, Anleitung zum Träumen in German. So well, you know, you find me on the internet if you look for me. Yeah. Look up Brigitte Holzinger. You'll see the name in the title if you now. Hopefully, you would have read the title if you're still like you'd hope so. You'd be like, yeah, who's this person? I want to know more. Look, her, look her up. She's everywhere. If you can, if you understand German, then that's even better. You can listen to more stuff. You can read more stuff. I'm not. I don't. I can't. I'm not bilingual. I can only speak English. I had to use Google Translate. <laughs> but I would again like to thank you so much for being on the show you have been this is actually be, this has been such a delight and i hope everyone listening has enjoyed it just as much as we have well oh, thank you awesome so much have you on thank you thank you christy it's been a delight talking to you and it's been uh, uplifting to me and <clears throat> i wonder for the three of us uh, who will uh, have uh, a lucid dream in the near future since oh. we now talked about oh, i it. really hope i do I- I really want to have one now. I really if, want to imagine if we all have one. Dream. That would oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> on that lucid dream community 
uplifting note, I would like to thank you for listening, if indeed you still are. I've been Nick with Christy and Brigitte Holzinger saying thank you, Dr. Brigitte Holzinger saying thank you and sweet dreams.